0: Welcome one and all to VG Emporium, video game music and more. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas, and enjoying your holiday break time. And so as you probably all know, we're soon approaching New Year's, about to go into 2023. Um, soon leaving this strange decade of a year that we've been in, and I'm not sure if I'm to be excited or wary of what's to come this next year. And so that means that this is the last episode of the year, and I... You know, I thought of a cool way to do it, to set it off with, is, uh, with the first In The Field. Yep, an introduction of a new, uh, episode style, VG Emporium, In The Field. Whereas I will be going out and, uh, awkwardly interviewing people until I, uh, gain more skills with that. And, uh, how, what I started this off with was, uh, going to Sacramento Gaming Expo. That happened, um, this, the weekend before, uh, Christmas weekend. So, I went there on Saturday the 17th, which was, again, my birthday. This'll be the last mention of my birthday. I mostly went there because a couple of my friends were gonna be having, uh, tables there selling their merch, like, you know, their art and whatnot. And, uh, my sister was gonna be there helping them out, and they had some, uh, guest passes that I could get in with, because, you know, hey, birthday boy, you get them for free! And, um, yeah, I just, you know, brought my little, uh, field mic with me, and, um, just saw what would happen. And though I didn't get as many uh, interviews as I was thinking I would try to get, I was trying to get to go from our candid things, like, you know, approaching people that were on the floor, just, like, shopping or looking around and maybe even some vendors, uh, the spectrum I did get was actually, it's pretty cool for, uh, you know, just trying out for the first time. But ah, before I go any further, let me tell you the song that we came in on. This is Townscape, the town theme, from Briganty, The Roots of Darkness, composed by Takehiro Yunemura, and this was released on the Japanese home computer, the NEC PC 9801 And I was originally gonna try to find, like, a track that was kinda like expo or convention-related, but I was having a hard time with it, so I decided to go with this one, because it kinda just goes with the vibe I was feeling there. So now let me set the scene. So I get there, and I am met by my sister, Crystal, who gives me my wristband to be able to get in and out of that place, the madness that was going on at the moment. And so we just go straight to our friends' tables, where they're selling all their merch, so there's Adrian, with his boyfriend, Cody. Um, Adrian goes by the name Astro Panda, and an Antera. Who goes by A Nice Rat, and um, yeah, these two are basically like uh, unofficial siblings of ours because they've been so close to our families for so long. And I will be linking their pages to where you can see their art and possibly even buy it if you wish. And uh, yeah, you know, we just did our usual, uh, usual greetings, kind of like you know, yelling at each other, um, flailing at each other, uh, you know, ways that you show love to to uh, friends that happen to also be kind of like siblings. And from there, I went into the field. And, uh, I was just kind of walking around. There was a lot, a lot of tables, a lot of people selling retro games. Things that hurts to kind of, like, you know, consider as retro games. Like bins and bins of consoles and games. And, like, I saw Vectrix, old PC games, like, everything, like, old, new. A lot of people selling their, uh, like, own original art or, like, fan art. And, uh, yeah, it was just really cool on the floor. And, uh, one of the things I had was, uh, Adrian had created, um, a little little a badge of Ugly Sonic, you know, the original model for the Sonic movie, uh, doing that surprise face with those uncanny teeth. And that draws the attention of my first interviewee.
1: My name's Spencer Pedamonte. Nice. What video game music do you like, have you
0: really liked growing up? And is there a particular one that you have enjoyed?
1: Um, for I really like Sonic the Hedgehog music, but my most favorite from any Sonic game has to be Live and learn from Sonic Adventure too. Nice.
0: So, like, what is it about it that, like, that is your favorite? I mean, why?
1: The guitar, you know, how the guitar plays, and just the lyrics, and how Crush Forty really pours their soul into the song.
0: That they do, damn. Yeah, That's like so
1: awesome. it. I can't help but sing along to it.
0: No, I know a few other uh, guys that feel the same. Very much so. It's been a while since I've heard it, probably should listen to
1: it, and this is a good chance to do so.
0: So now, you told me that you did a pretty good uh, Jaleel White Sonic impersonation. Uh, Oh,
1: okay. Uh How's it going, guys? I'm Sonic the Hedgehog, but you can call me the fastest thing alive. I'm over here at the SAC Gamers Expo, and as always, I gotta go fast as usual. I'm hedgehog! Thanks, man.
0: Anytime. Oh, yeah. And that was Spencer Pedimonte with his choice, Live and Learn from Sonic Adventure 2, as performed by Crush40. And as you could probably tell, um, I should have worked a little bit more on my questions and how I would, uh, ask him to people's, but hey. It was fun, it was pure, so I'd like to say thank you to Spencer for being my first interviewee on VG Emporium. Unfortunately, in the, uh, the moment, like, you know, the journal and everything, I forgot to get his contact information, so, uh, like, you know, how to find him on social medias and stuff, but, um, you know, I'll find him. Or maybe he's already found my show and he's hopefully waiting for this episode to come out. I don't know. But if you do listen to this, Spencer, again, thank you and hope you enjoy. And so after this, I ventured around a little, bit more, a little bit more around the vendors hall and then decided to uh, go outside of the hall and check out the rest of the building. And immediately into the foyer, there is, there was like a bunch of tables set up of all the uh, panel guests. So there was... Uh, I can't remember their names, but a couple of act guys that were in the uh, Mortal Kombat game, so, like, one of the guys that did the, played Johnny Cage and the Ninjas, as well as the guy that played Kung Lao. And then, in the far corner, there was the guy who was do, did the voice and the announcements of NBA Jam. So it was a little surreal to hear, um, you know, the those sayings, you know, BOOM SHAKALAKA! And then there was a couple other tables, um, to the left that were, uh, let's see, I think it was Jumpman, had no idea what was going on with there, and one for Digital Eclipse, but he was, like, just inundated with people so I kind of just walked by all that and started down a hall towards the uh, free play room where they had a bunch of arcade cabinets and consoles set up for just playing and I actually sat down and played a you know a single-player a couple rounds of uh, Marvel vs Capcom but there was one section of tables in the middle of the room set up for indie developers like they actually were just like you know, guys that were working on their own games like showing them off and letting you play them and one of them caught my eye and uh, you know I played it and it felt really good like it was kind of like a weird like, a combination of Mega Man X, uh, Ninja Gaiden, you know, just some of the best elements of, like, the action platformers of the SNES. So, you know, I play through the demo, I'm having a conversation with the two guys that were working on it, and, uh, you know, having a great time with it. Like, it felt really good. And, uh, you know, just talk about, like, some of the gameplay elements that they're planning on adding in there, some of the bugs that kind of showed up, and how to work around them for now, and, uh, yeah, just having, like, a good time, like, talking with it, because, like, it was, like, really animated. And so I got to the end, and, uh, you know, decided to actually. These are going to be my next interviewees, and their names are. I am Jamel. Jamel,
2: yes. And, <laughs> and this and. and oh, and was, I'm Hayden. <laughs>
1: and
0: Hayden, all right. And what is this game you guys are working on right now?
2: It's called Vassal.
0: Vassal, no. And I, I just played in it. It feels. I really like it. it. Feels like a lot of like SNES, like you know, classics in there. Like, um, oh
2: figure out a way to work that in there you want to oh you want to keep it I or not keep that. it but like you
0: know kind of like somehow make it like some kind of special unlockable or something like, like that. an exploit like type exploit thing? move like mm-hmm. you know it's like you have to do like a certain amount like certain combo or something like to get activated and you kind of you know, <laughs> glide across know. them but okay but anyway um so i run a video game music podcast so i'm you know, obviously talking about music so i'm gonna right. ask you like um you guys actively listen to video game music or uh, like video game related music like chiptune or so like, much
2: so much um i work at i my day job is working at uh one up retro and we just play video game music all day that's all i listen to ever and i do love it um i've realized from it that sonic has some really good music like sonic has Yeah, like,
0: the first two games, like, you know, it was, like, actually, like, a, you know, a pop operator, like, music. Yeah. Made the music there, and then, like, they actually had, like, you know, it actually came out, you know, Michael Jackson did work on the third game, and then they had to rework it a little bit, but his team still helped out with it and stuff, so, like, you know, Brad Buxer and all those guys.
2: And we just found out last night that Sonic Rush, the guy who made the music for Jet Set Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hideki awesome. Naganuma. Yeah. yeah, we were shocked when we heard about that. Oh, yeah, like we listened to it. Like, oh, man, this is Jet Set Radio. That's worth yeah. it, just that bass alone that Sonic Rush is redeemed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for real. It That's made weird. us want to play so, it.
3: I, I love, uh, like, you know, more of the Konami and Capcom, like, era oh, yeah. scores in terms of 16-bits. So, like, Mega Man X, we were all talking about that. Mm-hmm. Some of the most oh, yeah. classic tunes. So, yeah, like, chip tunes uh, definitely is probably, like, the bulk of my playlist, I'd say, actually, Nine, these days yeah. still to Same, this day. Like, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm gonna ask you, like, um, out of like any soundtrack or songs that you like, was like, what is
0: the one that you like to kind of go back to, or really like to listen to, and why?
2: The best one that I've heard so far is um, there's this game called The Messenger. Oh. And yes. the have you ever heard of it?
0: I've heard of it. I've heard people talk about it. I've actually. Okay.
2: The thing about the the music in that game is it starts out very chiptuny, like old, like because it's like it's kind of like Ninja Gaiden. It's like yeah. very old chiptuny music and it's about time travel but when you travel through time the music updates also so and there's times when you're traveling back and forth so you'll go back from this chip tune to like a full like score back to chip tune like and it just meshes very well and like I've never seen a game do something like that it's amazing it's really amazing
0: so for you Jamel I'm going to play Bamboo Boogaloo Past and Future from The Messenger composed by Rainbow Dragon Eyes
3: Yeah, and then for me, I would say, you know, it's probably, like, a very cliche answer, but, like, Bloody Tears, you can't go wrong with, like, Castlevania, or, like <laughs> even, like, pre, like, uh, Michiru Yamane, I think, like, the classic NES soundtrack is, like, some of the best, like, that they've had in the series, so. Uh, and, of course, it keeps on getting better and better as you go into, like, the Symphony Night era, and then even the GBA, you know, Harmony of Dissonance uh, wasn't the best game, but it had, like, a decent, like, really Thank good you. intro music. Yeah. I really like the, the right. like, the, what's the, the, the main one. theme? It's, like, legacy <laughs> um, of, I don't know like no, that. No, it's a theme of just Belmont. Yeah. It's
0: just, uh... The answer I'm grasping for is successor of fate theme of just Belmont.
3: It's really underrated yeah, yeah, amongst no, the, the, like the Castlevania. Cast yeah. You know what? I'll say this right now since the video games uh, music centric <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know, Castlevania Judgment's not a good game, but the music's like some of the best in the series. <laughs> the remix that they've done for that, like if you want to listen to like uh, Vampire Killer or even The Bloody Tears, I recommend that like as a heavy metal remix. It's really good. Okay. It's done by the guy who did uh uh, a lot of the Rising games, like Bro- Bloody Roar, Bloody Roar 3, and things like that. Oh, nice. Bloody Roar 3 okay. has that really cool jazz fusion. Kind okay, of thing. this is going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I'd recommend it to your listeners for sure.
0: Well, Hayden, just as I did for Jamel, I'm going to play you two tracks here. First will be To the Center of Dominia Castle from Harmony of Dissonance, composed by Soshiro Hokai, followed by The Tower of Dolls from Castlevania Judgment, composed by Yasushi Asada. Thanks, guys. Yeah, of, yeah, of first, thank so you yeah. yeah, thank you. Appreciate uh, you playing
3: the game. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it was, like I said, it was a great
0: fun time. Like, guys, yeah, have kind of like a timeline as to when you think it'll be. I'm
2: hoping to have like a full demo all three characters playable. Three characters? Three characters. (laughs) Yes. Three whole characters playable by the end of (laughs) this year. Not this year, but, but, you know. He's not a fan of sleeping. He doesn't like sleeping. No, I have not slept. I actually haven't slept. (laughs) Oh, that's a very good thing to do. It might help. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: Definitely. Looking forward to that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to the game and also you getting more sleep. Yes, I
2: definitely will be. It's after this, I'm probably gonna pass out. <laughs> <Fuck yeah>. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a plan. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh,
0: Thank you again to Jamel and Hayden uh, for just like you know being willing to talk to me and uh, you know sharing their game. And it, like I said, it's um, I'm looking forward to when uh, you have the demo out. Um, I know it's gonna probably be another year or so, but hey, you got a fan here. Thankfully, I did find them on social medias, Instagram and Twitter and whatnot, so, um... You know, definitely be sharing that on there, and, you know, give them a follow, and, you know, keep your eyes out for that demo of... Vassal. So, I hope you enjoyed the music choices I made for you here, and, um... Yeah, so, I, after this, I kinda just hung out a little bit more in the free play room, played another indie, uh, indie game, uh, it was a little rough, but hey. It was, uh, still fun. And then I started making my way back out towards the main area, and, um, on my way there... And the first thing I see when I get back into the foyer is uh, the Digital Eclipse table. This is the developer of the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary, Atari 50, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. And seeing there was nobody in front of the table this time, I decided to pull up my big boy pants and approach the fellow that was there at the table. And his name is...
4: Hi, my name is Steven Frost. I'm the uh, head of production at Digital Eclipse.
0: Now, my question for you is, like, you know, do you actively listen to video game music? or, like, any chip tune or music related to video game music,
4: like, inspired by it? Yeah, I definitely. Um, I think, um, you know, me as a fan, like, I definitely love just listening to random um, game music. I'll jump around, because, you know, obviously there's a lot of games that um, I don't play or aren't able to play and yeah. stuff, but um, I love... Um, you know, sampling that stuff. I, I end up whenever someone does sort of like like chip tune a release for like a classic console on like the cartridges or you know and things like that. I always try to support oh, like that.
0: Some like the uh, YM20, I think like 2016. Like yeah, something. that stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. So
4: anytime like someone does like you know native music on a cartridge. Uh, there was a recent one that was done for the PC Engine Turbo Graphics uh, that was on a cartridge as well. Uh, yeah, for yeah, a yeah, hue card, it. hue card for it. Um, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I'll it's look, a I'll recent. It's a recent one. Um, so anytime like people do these sort of compilations on actual uh, hardware, I love that. So I try to support that stuff all the time. So I did look into this Hue Card music
0: release and I found it and it is called Electric Lifestyle by ReMute. And the song I'm going to play for you is called Gut, Schlecht, Besse.
1: Yeah. Okay.
4: It is. It's. It's really neat, um, and we're fortunate enough to have um, some talented uh, music guys. One guy, Bob Baffy, who does what he. I love listening his sort of work because what he often does is, for our collections, is that he will listen to like let's say like Street Fighter or something. He'll listen through a myriad of sort of tracks of Street Fighter, and then he pulls. Like sort of moments out of it, and then he creates sort like, of a new arrangement that encompasses like all okay, of those. So, like,
0: does he actually beats. like? Does he like um, solo out the channels of like each sound, or does he
4: just like hold? No, I mean like the like the 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 actual sounds like what they sound. So you might see a little, like a riff or like a section of it that like okay, really so, like, resonates. The whole, the whole song and yeah, he and he tries to do interpret that, and then adds it, and Then he does like a melody. So like so okay. when you listen to it, so let's say you know we did our Street Fighter uh, collection, which encompasses like thirty years of Street Fighter. Um, yeah. You know he'll create a, a theme that's sort of like encompasses 30 years of Street Fighter right like it's like you listen to it you listen to it and you're like oh that was from that or that was from that right and it's kind of like this you don't quite place exactly where it's from but you like remember like oh wait that was from early Street Fighter that was from this Street Fighter that that bell that goes off and you're like oh man that was Street
0: Fighter 2 that was Street Fighter 2 yeah like, you know, super, like, Super Edition. That was Street Fighter III. Right, right, Second right. impact. So know? that
4: stuff is kind of neat because you kind of have to have that when you have, like, menu music and you want something that represents the the collection as a whole in its entirety. Yeah. Um, but sort of going back, um, yeah, I love... Um, Listening to the old chiptune stuff, old games. I I have avoided going into the sort of record purchasing thing because I feel yeah, I would go down a, a black hole of, yeah, of same uh, stuff. Here. Like you know, there's
0: a lot of other podcasters that do that and they right. just like post their new vinyl they get. Like, it's it's
4: soundtrack. too I would go crazy, and I think that's probably not good for me. Um, but uh, I do definitely listen to that stuff because the music, just like the games, fundamentally, what I dig about it is that back then, uh, the games, just the gameplay was very basic. You couldn't hide the gameplay behind, like, smoke and mirrors, like yeah. fancy FMV, fancy graphics. So the moment to moment gameplay really had to count, or you didn't, yeah. you weren't interested in playing it. And it's the same thing with music, right? You can't waste a single note, um, and uh, you can't hide behind fancy instrumentation or a bunch of instruments and things like that. So the moment to moment, like, it has to be good, or again, you lose yeah, like interest most, uh, in it, right? games,
0: they were only limited to, like, you know, five channels, like right. the NES, like, you know, the Exactly. The square triangle noise and the sample channel Exactly. They didn't use that. so it's just like make it count and they did like they pulled amazing right. stuff out of it. like, you know,
4: like so it is it's, it's very incredible. So I think that listening to that old classic music goes hand in hand with my sort of admiration for a- people who are able to create simple gameplay especially like in the Atari era like uh like the 2600 and things like that like you know you have to fill in with the imagination but they yeah. the what they're able to do with such basic like yeah. technology and abilities is is Amazing, yeah, right?
0: That's, uh, that's the beauty of limitation. Is that uh, like the stuff that you can just pull out of it is like...
4: Yeah, you know, for sure. I, know, it's, just, yeah. I, I really dig it. Like, so yeah, I'm a sort of a big fan, and like, I I do. There's some nice simplicity of just like sitting there and um, you know listening to a Mega Man yeah. Two soundtrack or something like that, yeah. or things like that, and just kind of going off. And especially at Sega, um, you know, we work with a lot of talented people at Sega, and just. Uh, what they were able to do from the early days, and they still a lot of them are still at Sega, so you know, yeah. and doing music for modern games and stuff yeah. like that. So just to see their evolution of, of where their music has gone is very is very interesting. No.
0: Um, like, is there any particular OST or like set track that you like kind of like listening to, or like shit, like an original chiptune, or even like,
4: like Uh, I don't know. I mean, actually, I mean, I can say what I was re-listening recently to the Fez soundtrack. uh okay. Like a lot. Like every once in a while, I dig that out, and that's I think. I will put that on in the background while I'm doing chores and stuff like that. That's the one that I was listening to earlier this week was Fez again. (laughs) So here I will play for you the song
0: KN from the game Fez composed by Disasterpiece.
4: I think um, what what happens to me is that when we, we end up doing a collection like a cowabunga collection for TMT or something yeah. like, then I will sort of just spend time and just get in the mood and listen to that stuff so it kind okay. of goes ebbs and flows with that um, and so during you know Turtles I will just listen to listen listen to that uh uh, quite a bit just to get in the mood of stuff when we and helps to inform really and it helps to inform like the decisions that you make and you get into the mindset of stuff so i think i think music helps strangely enough to sort of drive some of the decisions that we make in relation to the collections that we do the one that i like and i don't know who was released by but there was there was a um kind of a capcom greatest hits chiptone album of some sort and i can't remember what it's called but it has like you know, it has a lot of like the the early stuff. It has a mix of like you know Striders and the Mega Mans and uh, Street Fighter and things like that. Okay. Um, uh, some early days. So uh, that that collection I listen to a lot because it's so it's so varied. dude. I like I like the mixture of stuff because it okay. reminds me sort of my childhood and so stuff like it, that. Like
0: so, is it a collection of like the original music? Or yeah, actually, like, yeah. It's, cl- okay. it's no, no. It's
4: a collection of the original music okay. um, and. Um, I think the Capcom one actually um, has the original, and then there is an interpretation or a new version yeah, of, it, a of it, arrangement okay. of it, like at the tail end of it. Um, okay. So I'll listen to that. Um, but I like the variety and mixture because it takes me back to sort of like the the early arcade days and the early like NES days, yeah. which I remember fondly. So that puts me in a good mood and stuff like that. So that that sort of variety uh, compilations I really dig.
0: <laughs> and I found it for you. This here is the. Capcom 30th Anniversary Best Music, Original, and Arranged Album. The track I'm going to pull from it is Armored Armadillo Stage, or um, on this album it's called Armored Armored Stage, originally composed by Setsuo Yamamoto and arranged for this album by Deadball P.
4: Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's great. Like it's important. Like you know, we view preserving these games and stuff like that, but it's also part of it is preserving the music, which is why oftentimes in the collections that we do, we try to have a standalone music player um, that oh, yeah, runs yeah, yeah. that runs under emulation, so that it plays the game. Under emulation versus just, just kind of like ripping it or something like yeah. that. Um,
0: okay, so it's like playing it like you know emulating the hardware. Like yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. Broken. So the, any of the recent stuff that we had that's like that, we basically are getting the the game itself to play it, and so it's running emulation. You're not you aren't seeing any video or anything. That's just the music that's playing, but it's yeah. accurate to like sort of the hardware that it's it's playing on. Okay, yeah,
1: because nice.
4: yeah. like, um, otherwise, some people might rip it and then convert it like to an AUG yeah, or something and, like and that, then, or whatever.
0: Like, you know, there might be some like, com- like uh, artifacts.
4: Yeah, and there's something to be said about, and we're, 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 we think about that a lot now, like, especially in Genesis where, like, there's different sound variations for the Genesis. There's a low-pass filter that people have kind of tried to put on the Genesis that's there, because otherwise without it, it gets tinny and things like that. So there's a lot of just thought process now, and I think now and moving forward, we're going to put a lot more thought into like the audio side of things as yeah. we feel it's important because you the main thing that you focus on initially is are the graphics okay? Is the, is the gameplay, the controls okay, right? But now yeah. we're at a point where like we really have to think about authenticity of the audio oh, yeah. and, and making sure like even things like, you know, if it has two chips that handle audio, are the volume levels between the two chips proper, right? Yeah. And it's like it's a lot of things that people don't necessarily <laughs> think about but you have to kind of, it's nuanced, right? And then you're yeah. like, oh, like, you know, the volume level in relation to the title screen, to the gameplay, is that off? Because of what's the factors that influence that? And things like that. And it's things people don't think about because they think like, oh, you said it a volume and it's consistent. But it's like, no, when you're doing emulation, you also have to worry about uh, what the intensity and volume levels of individual yeah. chips are, are doing. Yeah, and like, back, they might handle background music, ambient music. It might handle just a beat a drum channel. And like, yeah, what's like, the balance you know, of the audio then, for
0: like, that? that? And then the sound effects and stuff. like. You
4: know, exactly. You know, what, I yeah. kind
0: of recently learned this because when, uh, when I make my stuff, like you know, I actually export my Sega Genesis chip to so, like, you know, .BGM and then export it or put it on like an SD card and I have a thing called the Mega Blaster 2 which right. plays it up through hardware. Yeah. And sometimes like, you know, the uh, the SN7689 is louder than the right. 2612 and like, I'm kind of, okay, I got to figure out what's going on here you know, kind of yeah exactly
4: of the, so that's you know, a similar kind of, exactly, exactly yeah. that's exactly right and the Genesis is especially pretty complex uh, in that and, and the hardware revisions and stuff and we it's hard to please everyone because there's like it's accurate from an emulation people, perspective yeah, but it's played
0: like on model one yeah that on model two, exactly that model three yeah like yeah those that actually currently listen to on like you know something that's really clean like the, like the mega blaster 2 or yeah. bgm play or yeah whatever. yeah so like, yeah. You know, like yeah everybody's everybody's
1: thought of what it should sound like it's very different
4: yeah exactly and that's the thing um one of the updates that we're doing for cowabung collection which is coming the patch is coming out soon is actually we add the option to turn off and on the low pass filter um, for the genesis um, so that um, because originally like it's accurate from a digital perspective but it people come people can perceive it as tinny all right um, and so depending on which model you have it doesn't sound exactly like what you imagine so now we have an optional low-pass filter if you want to to smooth it out a bit you can turn on the low-pass filter in the options and kind of get that as well so that's what I sort of say like we have to start thinking about more of that stuff and audio kind of gets left behind a little bit in some ways but we're trying to improve upon that as well right. yeah
0: Awesome, Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for like you know, for your time and just being willing to talk to me and uh, yeah. No yeah I'll be- and that was Stephen Frost, head of production for Digital Eclipse. Yes. Yeah, so once again, thank you so much, Stephen, for just being willing to talk to me and uh, actually kind of go in depth about like the audio and also some of the behind-the-scenes things about what you do at Digital Eclipse with your you know your the game collections that you create. You know, just the level of care that goes into making these not just a compilation, but more of like a like an archival kind of like you know, integrated history of just, like, the property that you're focusing on. Case in point, the Atari 50, where he actually told me that, you know, it's all, like, integrated. So, like, you actually read about the history, like, you know, talk, read about a game, go in, play a few second- seconds of it, go out and, like, keep reading, and then listen to some audio, watch some, um, like, video co- um, interviews they did with, like, people that actually worked on those games, so. And, like, I really wish I had recorded him talking about this, because, like, he actually went into depth about, like, you know, what he did with the Atari 50 the Kawabunga collection, like, all the cool things that he and his team did to just, like, you know, get all this material to put together in these, co- in these, uh, collections. Um, yeah, just, like, you know, hey, don't take my word for it, go check these out. The, uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles Kawabunga Collection, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary, and, um, the Atari 50, as well as, like, there's a few others that they've done, and, um, yeah, just go, go get them, play them, enjoy them, and learn the history. It's, it's, it's amazing what they've been able to do in the quality. So now after kind of being a little shaky of like, you know, actually talking to him and then, um, also just the surreal feeling of hearing, uh, the voice of Tim Kitzrow, the, uh, announcer for NBA Jam, just constantly going off in the other corner of the room, um, I decided to go back into the, uh, vendors hall, kind of, you know, just check in and hang out with the civs for a bit, kind of cool down, before I made my way towards the, uh, console history museum hosted by Armageddon Potato Games. And yes, just as it sounds, they had consoles from dating, like, all the way from, like, the beginning all the way up to, like, the most recent things. And they had, like, all... Just, like, the, all these old, like, microcomputers, consoles. Um, they had, like, a Vectrex set up for play. Um, they had, like, all the, like, portable consoles that have been. Like, it was really cool to see that. And then, like, they all had, like, you know, games to be able to play on them. Or most of the consoles did, at least. And, uh, in the middle of the room, there was, uh... Cases full of proto- like these kind of looked like prototype cartridges like you know Just out of the ordinary things and um, you know, the guy that was uh, working in there uh, I got you know, I kind of got to talk to him and I said I want to interview this guy because he's got some interesting stories And he is uh, as you will learn here in his own interesting and crazy way Preserving game history, you know fighting the good fight so to say and then how he does it You shall now learn and we start this off with by asking who are you?
5: Oh, I'm Danny with AP games or Armageddon right. potato games, I guess. Right. All right, and so I've just had
0: like been talking, like you've been talking to me, and I've been talking to you about like what you're doing here. Like so, like you're actually preserving prototype yeah. cartridges. These are
5: all. There's like what a hundred something uh, Nintendo prototypes. There's more back here. There's like 32x Game Boy, Sega, Master, Atari, 400 <laughs> XL There's everything. There's PSP. It's a bunch of stuff. PSP? I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, these yeah. are. Uh, here, I'll bust out this one. Star Ocean 1 and 2. There's a Holy very shit. early uh, 0.01 version of Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> need to dump this one because this one's fresh. Oh, um, man. I, my PSP, The I had to replace The PSP batteries always detonate and turn yeah, into yeah yeah. A rock no, my, and, mine is, yeah. I need to get a new one, yeah. And then when you buy them, they're just like those fake ones, and yeah, it's hard to get a good PSP yeah. battery. But i um, been doing this a long time. Yeah. There's a story behind every one of these. It's always really crazy. I can't just buy something normally. It's got to be yeah. some kind of like quest for fire or something or <laughs> Whatever, and there's would like, you, would you happen to be? Which one would you be? Would you be Ron Perlman? Hmm. Quest for Fire, Ron Perlman. Oh, oh, yeah, no, it's no, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, uh, jeez, I'm like, jo- no, George Cassandra. <laughs> no, it's really what it is. It's just like something stupid happens, and then like I have to recover Roger Rabbit for like the third time, which is what really happened. Oh, jeez. That thing got stolen that that game, and then I had to recover it from the, the postal employee that stole it out of my package because I bought it uh. on Facebook Marketplace, like all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, some of them wouldn't work. Like, I got the Lone Ranger, and they rewired it, and it can't it can't be dumped normally. I have to use, like, I need a new beryllium crystal to, to get it to load into the starship. So that one I still haven't gone through. And Jeez. some of them, I load them up. I finally get to play them. And then there's something I need to do to hack further into the game to even get to a level to get past the wall like uh, like, uh, remember that uh, YouTube show Boundary break? Yeah. I have to boundary break the game like Ninja Gaiden 2 to even get to the stuff that's different because there's something programmed there that either breaks the game or prevents me from seeing it which Jeez. I have luckily managed to do and then comparing them is a whole different that's a, like a whole nother rabbit hole to even compare yeah. them because you should never trust your eyes to compare stuff you will fail but if you compare them as soon as that cat walks by a second time like in the matrix yeah. that's when something's up and something's different you can really go through it but yeah there's just weird it's a weird archaeological dig into the most strange bizarre world that no one knew existed which is really fun because it's so niche and I have to before it was just me doing it but now there's all these like investors and people trying to put them in slabs and it was just me on my happy adventure with my green tunic and suddenly return a Ganon and I'm like no I don't need a Ganon in my adventure like get him out of here he's causing darkness over the (laughs) land I was like I don't want to need a third key to the water temple the water temple was boring the first time And so, yeah, and then it became like a war. So some of this stuff has been locked away behind those kind of paywalls. So there's some stuff I know it's out there, but I can't dump it because they're not gonna give it. They're not gonna just hand it over because they have an investment into it. It's kind of unfortunate. I mean, they can do whatever they want with it, but I just kind of want to preserve it. So yeah, yeah,
0: it's interesting. And in all of this. Do you actively listen to like video game music while doing any of this? Like, aside besides what you're like hearing from the games that you're yeah. doing like um. I mean, there... we
5: could, we could jump in Bart versus Spacemans. It's literally that jump sound in the prototype is literally the sound of sadness and depression. It's like, yeah. it's <laughs> hilarious. Maybe we'll play that. Yeah. But uh, have you ever played like a, uh have you ever played uh, American Gladiators? No, I did not. It has the best scream in a game ever, next to Mission Impossible Two or Impossible Mission Two. I'm sorry. <laughs> The scream in that game also very good, but if you listen okay. to scream in uh, American Gladiators, I used to, I had that, and I set up a Halloween thing and had that in my front of my house, and you just, like, <laughs> oh! just hear the guy screaming. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, but I listened a lot. I listened to, uh, uh, actually, uh, DDR Kirby ISQ made or he he well, gave me the ability to use one of his songs for my intro that I was using online. If okay. I was to ever make YouTube or whatnot or something. So he, he actually has my intro music. He, he made oh, it. Damn. His music's really good. Recommend that.
0: And in my great genius uh forgetting to ask you what the name of the song was. Through um, the my persistent internet searching, I was able to track down which song it was that you were talking about. So what I got here is Starlight Festival by DDR Kirby, ISQ. <laughs> so much for yeah, like, anytime. Uh, talking Yeah, yeah. Me. Like, I got, this is, uh,
5: yeah if you are watch podcasts let me know. I can oh, yeah. talk. I can tell you so many weird things, man. We yeah. have, <laughs> just I just had heard so heard. many strange adventures.
0: And that was Danny Tatro of Armageddon Potato Games. Going through whatever insanity he needs to go to to find, dump, and preserve and make available to the public all these prototype games. And yeah, I'd love to have you on the show as a guest proper to, of course, talk about BGM but also just to learn more about just the Craziness that just goes into what you do and that folks was my last interview Um, I didn't get any more because I was only able to be there for like maybe four hours because my wife and I had some uh, plans for my Birthday I'm like well, this is the last time I'll mention my birthday and um yeah, but you know what I got was just Amazing cuz like I was not expecting that I was expecting more to get candid stuff like Spencer But what I got was a good range it was just like you know somebody who actually enjoys playing games like you know, so Spencer I got Jamel and Hayden, who are actually actively, like, creating their own game, like, indie developers. And then Steven Frost of Digital Eclipse, who puts so much care into these, uh... You know, collections, these preservations of, like, you know, video game history. And then Danny, who's doing a different sort of preservation, but still just as important of what Steve is doing. Just, like, an awesome and great group of guys, and, uh, you know, here I am, just the strange old goober of a dingus, coming up to them with a little mic, and I'm definitely gonna be doing it some more, in the future, hopefully, um, yeah, I definitely know I'm gonna be going to the next Sacramento Gaming Expo, um, probably, not not sac Anime because I got my anniversary coming up that weekend, um, but, yeah, just I wanna try to get out and be like, you know, interact with more people, and like, you know, work on my question skills, and, you know, kinda inter- focusing in on the VGM stuff, but Yeah, you know, it's just great to hear what everybody has to say. So I did end up having to edit some stuff out, you know, kind of for time and help things flow a little better, but I will be providing uh, links to the full recordings if you so wish to listen to those. So once more, just thank you so much for being willing to talk to me. So now I'd like to say to all of you listening, thank you so much for once more coming into VG Emporium, video game music and more. And to all those that may be visiting VG Emporium for the first time, you can find it on all like the different podcast platforms. So that would be uh, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Audible, as well as Stitcher. And then uh, social medias, you can find it on Twitter and Instagram, as well as um, the website. Um, it's VG WordPress.com. And hey, there's an email even. There's uh, VG Emporium at Gmail.com where you can actually send special orders uh, song requests into the show. And I'll like, once I get enough in, I'll, uh, one episode dedicated to the special order. So give me, send them in. I, I need them. Um, and then, as well as, uh, you know, I've been your host, Rage Cage, and you can find me on the social media, such as uh, Instagram, Twitter, as well as SoundCloud, where I create my own um, original Chiptune music. Ah, and I have recently created a Mastodon account, which is both the Rage Cage and VG Emporium until I can figure out how to do uh, dual accounts on there without having to do like the whole switching accounts back and forth thing. But uh, yeah, um, I'm slowly starting to kind of use that. It's. Interesting. I'm figuring it out, but I also have a Discord set up, and I will be having the link to that in the show notes. Um, There's also a main page where you can find all the different links to everything where you can find VG Emporium and myself. Now, as mentioned earlier, this is the last show of the year, and the next one will be in 2023. I wonder what that year will bring. Who da ha? Who knows? But I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. And just let you know, the uh, first episode of the new year is going to kind of go back to the uh, usual format, you know, playing the track. Tell you about a bit about the game, tell you about the composer, and uh, the the first episode is going to be Shop Themes 3, so look forward to that.